Greetings, Highlanders. This is Mike Smolin, Executive Director of the Alumni Relations Office at NJIT, and I'm thrilled to welcome you again to our next edition of Highlander Chats. My guest today is Dr. Moshe Kam, Dean of the Newark College of Engineering, and I'm thrilled to welcome Moshe uh, to our broadcast today. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, so, Dr. Kam, my first question to you uh, is, how are you doing? That's my, my first thing. I think one of the most important things, uh, how are you and your family faring? Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, of course, the, this, this, was, this, this has been a difficult period for all of us. Uh, I'm very glad that I am, as you can see, back in my office. I mean, I've only, I, only, I only come back a couple, couple of days ago. Uh, and by and by, we see more and more signs of life on the campus. Uh, which is just an indication of where we are going now. So every, everything now is on the upwards. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. And I think it leads naturally into uh, our my first question, and I think probably the first question on the minds of most of our alumni. Uh, what has NCE's response to the coronavirus been like? Um, how are our students doing? How is the, the campus and the college doing, generally speaking? And what maybe have we been doing to respond to it? Okay, so there's a lot, there's a lot to cover here. So first of all, as, as you know, in the spring, we had a very quick transition. Within eight, nine days, we moved from our regular uh, schedule, which is conducted almost all of it face-to-face -face on campus. <clears throat> I would not even <clears throat> call what we have done uh, distance learning. At, at that stage, it was essentially remote access. We clearly instrumented all our faculty uh, with, with machinery to communicate with the students online. We helped the students instrument themselves. And we, within 10 days, we started conducting our classes. And I can tell you that of the, of the vast majority of classes that are done in NJIT, which are in NCE, uh, all but one have run, have run without a hitch on, on the first day. And the other one came on in a week. And we ran a full program throughout the spring and we were able to get our students to to finish these classes we believe <clears throat> that within the constraints of course we were able to give them very good education even in uh, e even in the face of this disruption luckily this has started after eight nine weeks and in most of our laboratory classes the data collection has ended and so they were able to just do the analysis and the and, and the processing of the data rather than collecting data and we were very pleased that we were able to finish the spring uh, the spring term uh, in, in in a way that uh, that was in line with the kind of education that we provide uh, we then uh, embarked on a major effort to uh, develop uh, develop classes for the summer they are still online but we are much better at it now because we have uh, purchased a lot of equipment and we are now sending kits to students to do some experiments at home. We are videotaping experiments and then send the data to the students. We still do not bring students uh, on campus, but it is a, a better kind of education than we had when we had this, this swift transition. And in the last couple of weeks, we started bringing back some of the researchers into the labs and some of the graduate students into the labs, which necessitated uh, a new procedures, necessitated a lot of work 
uh, in, in reorganizing and reconfiguring these labs. Uh, we, uh, we, are, uh, we purchased a large, uh, a large quantities of, uh, of protection equipment. Um, and we are now gearing ourselves towards uh, more and more openings, more and more labs will be uh, online. We now have 45 labs online. I expect that in two and a half weeks, we'll have 80 online. We expect about one quarter of our uh, staff to be at NGIT on any given day, uh, starting July 15. And our main uh, eyes now are on starting the starting the the schedule in the fall in a way that will be safe that will keep uh, of course the health of our students intact will provide them the education that they need and also the hands-on experience that we prize ourselves on so we are in the midst of these activities but i'm very optimistic now needless to say we had members of our community who were impacted very badly of course by by uh, by the disease we have students uh and and staff members and uh uh and faculty who actually contracted the disease we had uh death in the families of of, of some of our students uh we we needed of course to uh, to assist those on on a lesser level of severity we had a number of students who had nowhere to go when we sent everybody home and we needed to uh we needed to continue to house them on campus uh, we had a number of students that did not have the computing capability and or the bandwidth necessary to participate and we worked on getting them what they need so it's not it was not necessarily always smooth but i have a feeling that we are now uh, in, in a very good position and we are also frankly in a better position than many of our colleagues because I participate in meetings with other deans and department heads and department chairs and, and I think that uh, all things considered NJIT uh, is, is moving very well towards opening in the fall. You know Moshe I'm, I'm glad you brought up that, that transition to classes. I, I just want to uh, first I should remind our audience, we have quite a few people watching right now. If you have questions for the Dean, uh, please type questions into whatever channel you happen to be viewing this on, whether it's YouTube or Facebook. Those questions all come back to us. I'll moderate them uh, with Dean Cam. So Moshe, one of the things I've been supremely impressed by is uh, even with the fits and starts we have in this transition, uh, the students actually seem very responsive, very engaged. Uh, you know, I have not seen the drop off, the, the losing touch uh, that I've seen in some other places. Um, and that's a testament to the hard work, clearly, that your faculty and, and the staff and yourself have done to connect these students. One of the things I saw recently uh, that I, I was so impressed with right off the bat was the students who worked with faculty uh, somewhat on their own volition uh, in, in Makerspace and other faculty in NCE to work on PPE and personal equipment and, and to really develop things that were impactful right away. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. Okay, so in fact, let, let us actually start with um, start with the makerspace. So when the in, in, in mid-March, when it was pretty clear that uh, uh, the, the, this, this is going to be a huge challenge to the healthcare system, uh, we asked ourselves what we can do. 
And when we closed uh, NGIT in the sense that we moved it all to, uh, to online and remote access, we decided uh, that we'll keep the makerspace open and that we will convert it. And we will convert it to, and then the question was exactly to what? Because engineers, of course, are very innovative individuals. And immediately we had like uh, more than 100 suggestions as to what to do. And in consultation with hospitals around here, uh, especially um, uh, St. Michael's and Graduate Hospital, we decided that what we will do is that we will design and manufacture high quality washable uh, face shields. And what you see here uh, is, is one of those, one of the face shields that we have, we have created. And we decided to focus on them, make them washable, make them sterilizable, make them be uh, uh, compliant with FDA regulations, which we uh, saw many, many quick solutions that did not. Uh, two of our two of our partners, uh, companies that worked with the with the makerspace before, CMG Plastics and Nolo Products in Patterson, have uh, uh, have helped us with material, with design, with with creating part of these uh, part of these uh, of this very very. Uh, and now popular shield in, in, in hospital with, with EMS units around here. Uh, and uh, we geared ourselves towards, uh, towards production. Uh, we, had, uh, we had the, the Makerspace um, uh, make staff uh, led by Dan Brateris and Justin Soriano, but we also needed uh, students uh, to come in and we made sure that it is all done uh, in, in, in a safe way, the makerspace is vast, so we had enough room for, for keeping distance and, and, and making sure that everything is clean. And we started making them in large numbers. And at, this, at the present time, we, are, we have distributed more than 12,000 of them. And I saw two things that were very heartening. First of all, there was no, no shortage of, of volunteers. When we asked for students to come and help us assemble them, they did that. And then a little bit later, we had a group of students from the Honors College and uh, they, they, they organized themselves under, under the title Commonwealth Project and they've done many other good things. But what they have done in this particular case was they organized a, a distribution system, a network, whereas we only create the pieces and, and we make them and put them together and they distribute them to a large number of individuals who sit at home and volunteer to assemble them. And this way, our production rate went up dramatically. Uh, this was in, this is in, in, in Essex County, in Middlesex, in Sussex. These students completely amazed us. It was not part of our plan at all. We plan to do everything in the new makerspace extension. They have been able to accelerate what we have been doing. They also, we're able to find uh, to, to contact to, to make sure that we are connecting with hospital, with nursing homes, uh, with other medical facilities of all kinds that had difficulty getting PPEs, that had difficulty paying for PPEs because we have donated them to those who needed them. And uh, I want to tell you, this is this was very impressive. Uh, it was very impressive on account of seeing what the makerspace. Uh, staff was able to do because we really converted the makerspace from an educational facility to a production facility 
very very efficient in in in, in high volume and then there was this uh, group of tireless students who um, who arranged this uh, this assembly and we are we will get to 30,000 shields we now have a uh, equipment and, and support of these two companies cmg plastics and, and nolo products that, that will get it to thirty thousand. and again we decided not to do 70 different things we decided to focus on one thing that we will do very well and i think that this was a very nice example of of what we have done here now there are many other efforts but i will mention uh one one more and that is the the united states government in different agencies has announced uh, the availability of emergency funding for COVID-19 related studies and within I think a week of the announcement uh, one of our faculty members Michel Bouffadel uh, who, who has a, a, a center that, that deals with natural resources was able to get one of these funds in order to uh, do analysis of the uh, of the way that the infection uh, the infection perpetrates and doing 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 it on grounds that are more detailed and more uh, more related to the physical environment, and explain why in some areas the disease uh, is uh, uh, is infecting many people in, in in a short amount of time in a burst, and in other places it's like very very gradual, and in some cases it just petered out, and it goes well beyond the. The mathematical models that everybody can find uh, can find in the textbooks. This is an example of our research kind of springing to uh, to, to 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 assist the public, and I think that go looking at what is coming through my desk in the last uh, couple of days, there is now many more projects that our researchers are working on, and they are actually jumping at the bit to come back to the labs in order to actually do the experiments uh, and see. Uh, and see if we can help. So it, it was, it was, and is very energetic, and, uh, and and it's. I think that I, I cannot, I cannot praise enough the the initiative of our students in 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 in, in, in jumping into uh, into into the fray and 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 doing all this work. You know, Dean Kim, I don't often say that I speak on behalf of of all alumni, uh, but in this case, I, I think I can by saying we're so extremely proud of what the students have done. Um, clearly, though, a lot of what the students accomplish is inseparable from the academics, uh, from the sort of structure that's provided by the school. Um, as you and I talked a little bit before we got started here, it does strike me that, uh, you know, it, it, there's a type of engineer that builds and designs, and then there's a type of engineer that can manage others who build and design. And I'm so thrilled to see that NCE produces all manner of our engineers coming together on their own volition. Um, what I have noticed is, as you mentioned, there's there's so much that's coming out of NCE right now. And I know that you've got a lot of new programs that are that are coming out as well. So it seems like the momentum that had been up uh, at the beginning of the year and last year really hasn't ceased, even as we've been social distancing and been home. I wonder if you can share some updates about what's uh, what's going on academically at NCE. Yeah. Okay. So one of the uh, one of the additions to NCE is at the School of Applied Engineering and Technology. Uh, the School of Applied Engineering and Technology, which was established about two years ago, uh, now has about one thousand of our students. We are we are close to to fifty five hundred, and about. 
a little bit more than 1,000 are in that school. And what we have there is what um, most of you knew as engineering technology, the, 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 uh, the programs in engineering technology, uh, such as uh, electrical and computer engineering uh, technology, such as surveying engineering technology, such as mechanical engineering technology. There is like about 10 programs there. And what we have done there is, first of all, to expand it. We started the program in manufacturing engineering technology. We used to have a program like that a couple of years ago. Uh, it kind of uh, withered uh, with the changes in manufacturing uh, in the United States. But now manufacturing is coming back to New Jersey and to the United States, not in a way that we have done that in the 1950s and 60s, but in a new way, which is uh, uh, which, we, which requires a, a different technological solution. And we, we, are, we are now established or re-established this program. We are also working in biomedical engineering technology. We have a thriving uh, biomedical engineering department, but we feel that uh, talking to employers, that there is room for technologists who will come from biomedical engineering technology. Um, in, addition to, uh, in addition to that, we started a program in general engineering. Uh, this is a, a program that uh, uh, caters to two types of students. It caters to individuals who would want to use engineering as a stepping stone, primarily to other occupations. It also is the place where we put students who are undecided. We wanted to give much more structure and much more assistance to students who, are, who come here undecided. And we are also using this program in some of its um, parts to assist students who may arrive at NGIT somewhat underprepared, under especially in mathematics. If you come to NGIT and you're underprepared in mathematics, you are at some risk. And we found out that the fraction of the students who are un unable to continue is much too high. And so we are now focusing on this group and trying to assist it. And there are some very good signs that the programs that we built for them help them move forward. Uh, in other, in other areas, we are working on a new program in materials engineering, a materials engineering program in NCE. We already have materials engineering at the graduate level, but we are uh, now working to have materials engineering at the undergraduate level. Uh, we also are thinking of, um, this is something that we will still require some, uh, some time to, uh, to organize uh, environmental engineering at the undergraduate level. We are teaching environmental engineering within civil engineering, but we are thinking maybe it's time to have uh, environmental engineering separately as we used to have at one point. Uh, but again, it's coming back in a very different way than the way it used to be before. One additional comment about that is the following. Uh, as we all know, computing and networking are now playing a much larger role, in some cases, central role, in all kinds of engineering. And uh, even in air, you would argue that this is natural to areas such as computer engineering, right? But it is actually prevailing now in all engineering, in, in, in chemical and in mechanical, and of course in industrial and in civil, not to speak about you know, electrical and biomedical. And one of the one of the major efforts that we are uh, in the midst of right now is to increase significantly the portion of the curriculum that is devoted to providing our students better and better 
uh, not just literacy but practice in these areas because of the fact that uh, it is becoming fundamental historically historically still let's say after world war ii uh the engineering uh, engineering education center itself at uh, physics-based calculus and of course physics-based calculus is fundamental but computing becomes as fundamental and because of the way that things historically move gradually and and not exactly by leaps and bounds all the time uh, there is a danger, and this is not just in NJIT, it is the whole profession, that we will be slow to give our students the tools and the arsenal of what they need in order to work in the, in the, in the computing-heavy and networked world that they, that they are not just stepping into, that they live in. And so we are making now significant effort to, in all curricula to, uh, to make, a, a make a transition. And I say that this is the last thing, but I have a last, last thing. Uh, of course, NCE has been in the business of, uh, of engineering education, uh, not just for the 100 years, 101 years, that NCE has been formally in existence, but also in the 20-some years, in the, uh, sorry, in the 40-some years before that, when it was still not a college of engineering, but was a technical school. We have been in engineering education forever. Nevertheless, um, NGIT, as far as I know, uh, until recently, did not have individuals whose, uh, whose professional, professional specialization is engineering education. In other words, I'm not talking about chemical engineers who are very interested in working in chemical engineering education. I'm not speaking about electrical engineering prof professors who write textbooks. This is, this is great. This is important. This is ongoing. No, I talk about individuals who focus on the pedagogy of education. So we have now hired the first two professors in engineering education, aiming to make NGIT not just a great engineering school, but also a formal contributor to the progress of engineering education. Wow, Moshe, that is, that is really spectacular. Uh, something I've noticed and this goes back, as you mentioned, to the founding of the Newark Technical School. Uh, NJIT has always had, I think, in its DNA, the sense that it has to contribute not just the talent of its graduates, but also the dedication, the education, and the advancement of the field itself, uh, just as something fundamental that pretty much everybody should have some awareness of. Uh, and I see this right from the start. We had graduates one strikes me, uh, George Oakley Totten, uh, who built the uh, Newark Post Office and, and a dozen ambassadorial residences down in D.C., and he made as part of his mission uh, this notion of educating people about architecture and impact, and that's before Newark College of Engineering, but it's the same DNA that passes through NCE. So, uh, you know, as some of the folks watching may know, these Highlander chats uh, are, are enlightening all the way around, and I learn new things as well. That's something I'm so thrilled to see. So congratulations for uh, for advancing that effort. Um, it, Moshe, that, that puts me in mind of, of something I love talking about, which is pride. Uh, and what I find is that most of the alums I talk to about uh, NJIT, if you've graduated from NCE, you're definitely an NJIT graduate, but you're also an NCE graduate. Uh, and I wonder if you can speak a little bit to, to how that pride comes about, how you see that... Um, living in the alums of NCE, 
uh, and how we can continue to promote that generation after generation? I think that a lot of it comes from the fact that uh, alumni of NCE see alumni of NCE in position of power and influence uh, almost everywhere in the areas that where, where we excel. Uh, if, if you look at transportation, if you look at medical devices, in pharmaceutics, um, in telecommunication, um, uh, these days in nanotechnology, uh, <clears throat> when, and, and, and in manufacturing. I mean, especially in the in the northeast, especially uh, in in the, the the three four states where most of our alumni work, you find that uh, almost everywhere you go, almost every major uh, organization uh, that deals with the public infrastructure, which after all is our obligation as a, as a public university. You see individuals from NCE who are uh, in uh, who are in, in, in control of large operations. Uh, I was uh, just um, uh, about two years ago was that when the Second Avenue project was uh, the subway Second Avenue project in New York was unveiled. I just looked at the list of uh, uh, of technical personnel and managerial personnel that was in charge of it. And it was remarkable to see how many NGIT alumni were there. I mean, I, I did not, I did not do an investigation of every single person from other schools, but I can tell you that our uh, our presence there was uh, was uh, it, it was remarkable how many NCE graduates were there. So I think that that's what does it. I mean, you see, uh, you see new highways uh, come up in New Jersey. You look at who designed them, you look at the corporations that participated in it, you look at the names and you discover these are fellow, uh, these are fellow NGIT, uh, NGIT uh, professionals. Uh, and, and, and in this respect, I think that we have made a, uh, we have made a contribution in our footprint, again, especially in the Northeast, uh, is significant. In addition, you have, um, and this is, uh, more and more in the last uh, in the last uh, uh, thirty years, you have more and more graduates uh, of NGIT who uh, are residing, working, and running uh, corporation and enterprises outside the uh, outside the United States in in countries big and small, in countries uh, of different nature and different uh, uh, and different systems. Uh, uh, in, in China, in, uh, in in India, in Afghanistan uh, as well. Uh, in Afghanistan, in spite of all its troubles, there there are engineering enterprises that are run by our by our our graduates. You increasingly see individuals who came from here and 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 build uh, uh, and build uh, networks, build uh, build uh, uh, computing systems, build communication, build. Um, irrigation systems. Uh, you you simply meet them, and 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 whether you whether or not you plan to meet them, they are there because of the fact uh, of the centrality of their activities. So I think that this is what uh, this was. I, I mean, when you meet people like that, and you know that you are one of them, I think that this make may, may, make you feel that you are part of a very uh, of a very very uh, uh, successful family of excellent genes. And, you know, uh, that also puts me in mind to mention to the alumni who are watching today uh, just a couple statistics. So we have over 70,000 graduates of NJIT and well over 40,000 of those are NCE graduates, uh, of which about an approximately similar number are in the greater New York, New Jersey, 
Pennsylvania and Connecticut metropolitan area. Uh, and we have uh, well over, I believe it was two to 300 C-suite or senior executive alumni in significant uh, sized companies that are very impactful. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, Moshe, it's almost like you can scan anywhere where there's successful people and you're going to find some NJIT grads. And I hope everyone who's watching will do so because it's very likely if you search Google, I do this all the time, for newer college of engineering and CEO, you're going to find a lot of hits. I love doing that. Um, so Moshe, one of the things that uh, NCE also does on the faculty side is so much research. You've mentioned some of it here today, but I was very proud last year when NJIT received the R1 uh, research ranking from Carnegie. Uh, I'm wondering what sort of research came out of NCE that you think might have contributed to our placement in the R1 institutions? Okay, so, so th thank you. So uh, first of all, I want to tell you, uh, two weeks ago, I went to a uh, federal facility and I, and I sit on a review panel that uh, comes to this facility once a year and looks at the kind of technical work that is being done there and we pro provide advice. And in the introduction, the person who, uh, who basically run the whole operation for the United States, this, is, this, is, this was a military operation, um, said that one of, the, one of the things that he is most proud of is that uh, they are hiring 100% of their uh, engineers from uh, engineers and, and, and uh, researchers from R1 and R2 universities. And these are classifications, these are Carnegie classifications, the classification based mostly on, on research prowess. And uh, that 75% of them are from R1 and 25% of them are from R2. And I was sitting in my seat there and I said, wow, we are now R1 at long last. Uh, we are one of the three universities in, in, uh, uh, in New Jersey, Princeton, Rutgers and us who are R1. Uh, but then we were R2 until recently. So we really have made a big step forward. So what made it? So if you ask yourself, what is the portfolio and what is NGIT known for? The, the list is long, but I'll tell you a couple of things fundamentally. We are, as a private university, I'm sorry, as a public university, we are mostly interested, of course, in, in public infrastructure. We are serving the public here. And we are, we are serving the, the state, and we are serving the nation in the area of infrastructure. So we have large activities, important activities in the area of transportation. I'm, some, I'm sometimes chided by individuals who had uh, a, a logjam on, on, on the day, on, on, on the way to work. What are you, what are you guys doing? But I want to tell you our contribution to the economy of New Jersey and to the um, and to the port, the, the Newark. The New York, uh, New York ports, in terms of um, in, in terms of access and in terms of uh, logistics, is is remarkable, uh, and this plays a role. We have we are well known for our work in pharmaceutics, and this works continues to 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 grow uh, significantly every year, and it, it moves to other areas. I'll just give you a quick uh, a, a quick example. We are very much interested nowadays. In a provenance of medicine, if if you if you got something by mail or or bought it, you want to know that it is real. You want to know that uh, 
where it came from. You know, you want to know that it is safe. How? If individual in, increasingly we, we live longer and um, the individuals who take many medicines and management of medicine uh, is 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 a problem, and we have groups that work on adjusting all your medicine and making it such that you have to take one pill a day that have everything in it. And it may sound simple, but it's not a simple task at all. Um, we have work on high-speed telecommunication that makes us make, makes a splash in terms of developing techniques. Uh, if you are if you are walking near GITC, it's, in some days you hear small explosions, and this is because of the fact that we are exploding plastic plastic uh, brains there. Uh, we are studying brain injury, and we are doing important work for a number of clients, including the DoD, in the area of preventing and mitigate mitigating brain injury and there is a whole group of young faculty who work on new materials who work on graphene who work on nanotechnology this this has lifted us up now if you ask if you ask what was the kind of the last push that take us from the threshold from r2 to r1 in terms of the mechanics the answer is very clear in the last couple of years we have done a lot of hiring we have done a lot of hiring and we committed ourselves to hire a, to a certain level to to meet in our strategic plan to meet a number of faculty we wanted to get to 345 we also had a few voluntary separation individuals retired so we hired uh, individuals who are academically younger and these individuals are always very hungry to to make a name for themselves and they come with original and new ideas if there was like one factor that pushed us from one one category to the other uh it was the hiring of this uh, of this young faculty and let me not forget also the contribution uh, of the new jersey innovative institute njii which has brought into njit projects in areas and in the kind of they're not traditionally in the center of the academic uh, of the academic researcher, but they are more applied, more development, uh, and this also helped. So between the vast area of areas of interest and the, the energy and exuberance that came here with younger faculty and the growth of NJII, we have become, in terms of our research enterprise, I think a very different institution than what we have been, say, 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, I have to say, again, there's moments where I sort of, uh, I, we've talked about some of this, but then things shock me. Uh, exploding brains is definitely something I'm going to remember when this chat is done. I've got to come over and see that. Yeah, right. Look, it's, it's, it's extremely important. As you know, uh, we have, uh, as you know, uh, we have had, unfortunately, uh, U.S. soldiers being injured in different theaters. And in the past, um, these kind of injuries would cause death. And now, nowadays, these individuals are surviving. So now there is a lot of work to be done in order to assist in the aftermath. That's that's on one on on one side of the scale. On the other side of the scale, there is a better understanding of traumatic brain injury in the sense 
that what used to be considered not a big deal, you know, you get a little bit of concussion in a football game. Okay, you sit a couple of minutes, you go back, everything is fine. In many cases, everything is not fine. And trying to understand what 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 are the biochemical processes and what happened physically, and model it and see what to be done, what need to be done to to to, to counter the damage, uh, is is our business. So this is a very serious business, and uh, it is pretty. I think it's interesting that I, I really feel we are we are really at the beginning of this in terms of, of what we can, we still can 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 do. Yeah, it's nice to see that we're leading uh, so many of these efforts, but that one in particular, because it is something that I think is relatively recently rising to people's awareness of the sort of long-term impact of that. Uh, but certainly with our history, um, with ROTC and, and our long involvement uh, in, in our graduates participating in public service in a lot of ways, uh, you know, I'm very proud to see that move forward. Uh, Moshe, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a double question to you, which I love doing right at the end of of these Highlander chats, and we're coming up to our conclusion. Um, so first off, uh, in addition to the academic programs and the student efforts and so on, I know NCE has received over the last year or so a lot of uh, really fantastic rankings, uh, which is something that I always like to point out, and I'm curious uh, which of those really stand out to you. Uh, and secondly. Is there any news about NCE on the horizon? Is there anything in particular you want to share that's a little bit of a teaser for the folks watching today? Okay, so um, the the school and the school and, and NCE as part of the school has seen significant um, improvement in rankings in a variety of uh, of places in the Wall Street Times Higher Educational uh, College ranking. Most uh, recently in the QS rankings, which they for the first time they are ranking the United States, and we ended up 74, which is very nice. Uh, I, I want to mention, uh, uh, in terms of uh, well-known ranking, the two really great achievements, I think, of NGIT in terms of its improvement in recognition. The first is the general um, national university, US News and World Report, uh, US News and World Report, um, uh, ranking. Uh, when uh, uh, when uh, I came to NJIT about five, six years ago, uh, we were at 145. And uh, we started thinking, I mean, it's not started just then, but the university was thinking about what to do. But when we, I say started thinking, when the current, uh, the, the, the Vision 2020 uh, strategic plan, which is ending now, and we are now working on the extension of it, uh, started, there was a deep thinking of what we can do. And the consensus was that we will be able to improve and that if everything works well, uh, maybe we will be at this stage uh, close to 100 and then in a couple of years we will cross this most important threshold. But no, we didn't. We, 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 we moved so fast that we are now in the top 100. Now, we are still in the in the high 90s, and we need to work very hard to stay there. I mean, I always caution myself and others not to, not to uh, rest on our laurels, but uh, we did it. We are in the 100, and, and this is extremely significant because of the fact that you have so many parents and students who are... Uh, uh, who uh, basically look at these uh, these uh, U.S. News and World Report ranking uh, as if they are part uh, part of the Holy Bible, so they use them in the making decisions where to go. 
And uh, the other uh, other thing that I'm very happy about is specifically about NCE is the graduate ranking of NCE. And it's very much the same story. We were five, six years ago at 115. Uh, And then we kind of inched and then we started accelerating and we are now at 88. And this is also very significant because, as you know, we have a sizable population of students also who come to us from outside the United States. And we would like to have a portion of our students coming from outside the United States. It's add a lot to the school. It also add to our impact with these students. Some of them stay here. Some of them go to their home countries and and continue to to work with the US economy. one hundred is a is an important important barrier. In addition, uh, and and so all of a sudden we start seeing graduate students applying from universities that we did not see many applicants coming coming out of. In addition, and this is something that I knew only only indirectly, it turns out that there are quite a few U.S. Uh, government agencies that will reimburse students to go to to graduate studies only in engineering schools that are in the top 100. So all of a sudden, we start having students who come here, which is something that we wouldn't even know because we don't exactly ask the master's student who's paying for you, right? But we actually now have students who are paid by government agencies that wouldn't come here before or maybe wanted to come here but couldn't come here because they would not get reimbursed. So this is not just prestige, which it is. It's not just a, uh, an affirmation that the research that we are doing here and the kind of education that we are giving here is really getting improved and more important with, with much more impact on, on society. It's also good in the sense that it brings us better students. Now, you asked for one thing to, to, about the future of NCE. Next time you are on campus, and I, and I know that right now we are still half closed and it will take some time, uh, if you didn't see the makerspace, you need to see the makerspace. But now we also have an extension to the makerspace. We actually doubled it. So in addition to what you saw in the <laughs> old, how can we say old about something which is like three years old, but the old makerspace, we now have a whole set of activities, which just as soon as we open, we will we will launch. And I hope that this will be a sight to behold. I think that this will, I, I really want the makerspace to be the home of the NGIT NCE student when he or she is on campus. And I hope that you'll come to visit us and see it because of the fact that it is, uh, I'm sorry to use this cliche, this is really a game changer. Nobody in this area, I mean, go, I don't know, almost all the way to Atlanta and almost all the way to Boston. Nobody has this kind of hands-on facility with this intensity and this student-oriented view as we have in the NJIT Makerspace. So this is like Makerspace phase two uh, is, 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 is my exciting uh, news to, uh, to conclude this conversation. Thanks very much, Dean Cam. And I have to tell you, I'm interested in getting in there myself. Unfortunately, right around the time when everything seemed like it was opening, Uh, As many of you folks probably know, you walk around campus and you see something starting to open. You say, hi, I'd love to get in there. And then something gets in your way. You can't find your way back. Well, in our case, it was COVID. 
Uh, so I saw it from the outside. I haven't seen it from the inside. I'm really itching to get in there myself. Uh, and to anybody who's watching, I would echo uh, Dean Camp's sentiment. Make sure if and when everything is opening back up in the near future uh, to reach out to us and let us know. Um, so, uh, Dean Cam, I want to thank you very much for taking the time. This has been a real pleasure. Uh, and I hope that you will come back and join us again for uh, another Highlander chat sometime in the near future. Invite me. I'll come. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> will do. Thank you, sir. All right. So this has been uh, our latest Highlander chat with Dean Moshe Cam, uh, Dean of the Newer College of Engineering. Uh, I want to take a minute and just, uh, first off, send my best wishes uh, for a safe and healthy summer to all the folks who are watching and all of our alumni out there. I know this has been a trying time for a lot of folks. I do want you to know that your alumni office, your college, your deans, your faculty and staff from NJIT uh, are here. We are thinking of you. And as much as we have a place in your heart, you have a place in ours. So if there's anything we can do for you, make sure to reach out. Now, with that in mind, uh, NJIT is coming up to the end of its fiscal year. Uh, and we are asking anybody who has the opportunity to do so to see if you'd be interested in contributing to the school. Uh, one prominent example that's very much on our minds right now is our Highlander Student Emergency Fund, where funds that are donated go towards students who have a demonstrated need for assistance. So if you have the opportunity and you have the interest, please make sure to visit njit.edu slash give now, or feel free to connect with us on our website at njit.edu slash alumni or njit.edu slash development. With that having been said, um, please make sure to like and share this video. It will be available after the conclusion of our chat here. You can also find us on podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And make sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So this has been our latest Highlander chat. I'm Mike Small, Executive Director of Alumni Relations, and I look forward to seeing you again soon.